0: Welcome to In the Rising podcast. My name is Bettina Brown, and I created In the Rising to be a health and wellness podcast for those who are going through and those who are supporting those going through really major health events, primarily cancer. And as a physical therapist, one of the main comments people would tell me is, you know, I did not live the life I really wanted. I lived a programmed life, and now I have some regrets. And I don't feel we have to have those regrets, or we have to have a diagnosis like that to change our life to live the way we want it to. And my guest today is Naomi DeBello, and she is a person with a major life event, but she shares one thing constantly that helped her get through her pain, helped her get through her PTSD, and also helps her and motivates her today. And I'll tell you what that word is afterwards. But I think you might guess it if you listen to the end of the show. Thanks, Naomi, for finally that our connections have worked together to be on In the Rising podcast. I'm really excited to speak with you today. Thank you. Thank
1: you for having me, Bettina. I'm so excited to be here.
0: (laughs) Now, you have a pretty strong story. You were born with a congenital heart condition and you had multiple surgeries on your heart. Just seeing that, right? That sentence alone is. A lot. And that's that's a lot to overcome. And just to hear multiple for me on my end that I think, wow, to go through this again and again. But I'd like for you just to share how this all began and, and what, what your family thought, how they went through it and how you you also acknowledged and took on that your heart needed to have surgery and you need your heart. We have one of them, right? So I'd like you to yeah. share. <laughs> So, I was born
1: with the heart condition. It's called Epstein's anomaly of the tricuspid valve. I've had six heart surgeries, five open heart throughout my life. The first four were before I was five, and I don't remember any of those. And so, I don't remember most of my childhood. When I was about 13 or 14, my heart failed. My heart went into failure. They discovered there was a very big hole in the wall of my heart and that I would uh, need surgery. And I, had open heart sur- another open heart surgery when I was about two weeks away from turning 15. Uh, that was on April 21st, 2017. And so um, when they opened my heart, they discovered um, the hole. But they also discovered so it turned out a point in my life uh, there was there was basically not a tricuspid valve in my heart. So they had to replace it. So I have a bioprosthetic tricuspid valve, and the hole in the wall of my heart was closed. Uh, my oxygen saturations before the surgery were about 50% and then after the surgery they have, they are 100% and they have been 100% since since that day <laughs> and it just feels so so relieving to no longer need to be on oxygen or to have a machine to be able to breathe and it feels and it feels so um so amazing to also just be able to have energy and to do lots of things. Mm-hmm. Actually, two months, my open heart surgery in April of 2017, in June of 2017, I had emergency pacemaker surgery because my heart went into tachycardia, which means like it's it's irregular heartbeat. It's just beating super fast and it's and it's uncontrollable. And so I had to have surgery. So now I have a pacemaker and I am 100% paced, which means every single heartbeat, uh, my heart makes, uh, the pacemaker is doing it. After that surgery, I've, I've really tried to, it's, it took a lot of sudden change. It took a really long time for me to, uh, be able to, um, adapt to, this was basically like a start of a new life. This was something I was like completely new to. I've never experienced all of the things that I was able to experience uh, before. And it just really opened my eyes, try to I accept my chronic illness, accept my heart condition, and to really uh, try to stay in a positive mindset because I I was so, I feel so fortunate that I was like born in this time period where technology and medicine has made me living possible. And so I've just been so thankful for that.
0: And that's huge. And I I like, first of all, that you talk about being grateful to live in this time and age, because there are a lot of things that we take for granted now, but for one living is made possible with a lot of things. And I I wanted to just also clarify for some people that when your heart has an irregular beat, it's not pumping blood through your entire body. It's just kind of like jello shaking, but nothing is moving through. And that is not conducive to living very long. And uh, it'll pump a little, but then at some point it's just shaking in place. And so then blood is not going to other organs and it's also not going to your brain. It's not giving nutrients to things. So it's a real emergency in that moment to get the heart having a beat, a regular heartbeat. And What you also mentioned is then you had right after this pacemaker event, you know, I don't know where the technology is now, and I'll admit, uh, because I'm a physical therapist, so I have some knowledge of healthcare, but not cardiology. And, And typically, you know, pacemakers last X amount of time before they need to be replaced or have their battery done. And then technology is as amazing as it is, something even better will come up. So, you know, it's not even done yet. Like there will still be another process as much as you've overcome, there's still some more ahead of you. And you said, I felt new energy with all of this, but you know, heart surgery is not a little thing either. <laughs> heart, you know, this is a, a big thing. When you came through that and you felt like you could breathe again, literally, and probably felt a little clearer as well with your everyday life what decision did you make to change your mindset because some people could certainly even understand if Naomi you felt very just distraught and that was it but you know I can feel what resonates from our conversation is that you really are energetic about life and accepting and at peace there's definitely calmness about you how did you get to that place?
1: You know, I gotta say, it took it took a really long time. I I, I didn't really have any like lasting mental effects like directly after the surgery because I just uh, tried to. uh I, I it took a long time to just even just adapt to my new uh my new lifestyle really, but you know. It wasn't until about three years later, I started to get like a lot of, I started to get a lot of signs of PTSD because I was just mm. very traumatized from being in the hospital and almost dying a lot. It, it, it took a really long time for me to even just say like the word hospital and open heart surgery. It, it, it took a long time for me to even like get a sentence out to talk about the experience. Uh, but now I can say like different, it's really helped me heal. And I've also been able to accept, I think the number one thing that really helped me heal from the trauma was to to accept uh, all the pain that I went and to accept uh, the situations and the circumstances I was once in, especially before my surgery when I was really sick and in hard-fifth year. Because those were some... Those were some pretty dark times because we didn't know what was going to happen to me. It was really scary. It was a really scary time in my life. I'm in a healthy place now, especially with my heart. <laughs> That's so important. And 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 everything seems to be functioning properly. My heart is functioning great. My lungs are great. <laughs> and so um, to have the... What also really helped me heal was um, just, I think about two years ago, I was told I don't need any more open heart surgeries for the next 20 years. And that really, like, it was a huge relief. And that really helped me also be more motivated to let go of the past and mm-hmm. heal. And and yeah, and I know I've been told I'm I'm going to have batteries replaced in my pacemaker, but I, as intimidating as a full-on mm-hmm. open-heart surgery. So uh, I've just really accepted all the, I, I know there's going to be like more procedures in the future.
0: And so one question people may have is, is there anything in life that you're not able to do or you should be careful of doing at this point?
1: Yes. All the things I can't do are due to my pacemaker, I can't I have to be at least six feet away from magnets. I actually have to be careful with like electronics and technology. I can't like have like I can't have like my phone directly on top of it or my computer directly on top of it.
0: And then you also created The Light of Life, which is a podcast. Mm -hmm. And share where this originated from. With my own
1: medical story, my own challenges have inspired me to share my story. But then I also I know a lot of people who also have congenital heart conditions as I do. And I know other people with other chronic illnesses as well. And I was thought, you know, I would like to create a podcast to bring awareness to all different kinds of chronic illnesses and disabilities. And it would really bring awareness to a lot of of chronic illnesses. And the main goal is to help people not feel like they're alone. Like, And I, I just really wanted to bring so much hope to people, and what also inspired me was Make a Wish, the foundation. Mm. Make a wish.
0: Share
1: share a little bit more about that. So my Make a Wish experience was amazing. I was told I qualified for Make a Wish when I was really ill with um with with heart failure at fourteen. And I was told I qualified. We weren't sure what was going to happen. Like, 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 I was really sick. My make a wish experience. I got to meet Hillary Duff, and <laughs> uh, at at the time, I I really enjoyed her show Lizzie McGuire, and um, and and I've always just felt so inspired. And I listened to her songs too. Um, I got to sing three songs with her, and that that was so. That was, that was the best day of my life. I will never forget that day me, me, meeting her. It, it it really, really just completely changed my life. And it gave me so much hope. It gave, it, I think that's that's the main goal for Make-A-Wish is they, they want to give kids
0: hope. And it's a, it's very clear what an impact that experience was. And it's also very clear that you want to give something of that nature without the qualifications to other people, to not feel alone and isolated as they journey through their health mm-hmm. care or trauma. Um, what do you feel you've received back? because it's it's there's always an intention to make a podcast and you do it. Mm-hmm. But then there's also sometimes, um, something you get back as a reward from the conversations. What do you feel like that was for you or is for you? I get so many uh,
1: emails and messages and all my guests have said my topics for the podcast with chronic illnesses and disabilities. They've all mentioned to me what, what you're doing. This is so important. This is so important to bring awareness to. And I've received messages from listeners. They've all said that they love my podcast and that, um, and that it helps them uh feel less alone.
0: <laughs> and I think you do make that difference just with your story, whether it would regardless of what end of the mic that you're on, and and that's definitely there. You've overcome and done so much. What would you say is still on the horizon for Naomi DeBello? Well, I am writing a book
1: uh about my journey through my heart condition. And right now I'm in culinary school I'm learning to become a chef and I, and I and I love it I love I love to cook and you know this and so just to be so healthy I, I I've really gotten a glimpse of how amazing life can be
0: Naomi has such a powerful story to share and what a story before you're even 25 or 30 years old And what really came across was how impactful this Make-A-Wish organization was to her. And I thought about how many times I have walked through the grocery store and put my little coins in or looked at it and thought, yeah, next time when I have change. But the hearing of her story really made me look at that Make-A-Wish foundation in such a different way. And I had the chance to talk to her, but also to see her and see how her face lit up. That experience is alive and well. And it really showed how much of a difference what one thing we do today can make for someone else. But what was that word that we had talked about at the beginning of the podcast that really resonated with Naomi? And if you feel that word is gratitude, then you and I are on the same page. And according to a University of Berkeley study, Sharing gratitude really literally evidence-based changes your brain. It helps release some toxic emotions that we're holding on to and really weighs us down. It also gives us more positive emotions that we talk about where we say more we words, where we are going to do this instead of I. We just get so focused on the I and how I am miserable when we're not in a place of gratitude. And what is really awesome is, that I really love is that it is positive for you, even if you don't share it. And as much as it's nice to read those people that post gratitude day, 210, do you always want to read that from someone else? Maybe, maybe not. And so you can have these positive effects, even if you don't share it, not in person with someone and definitely not on social So I wanted to thank you so much for your time, because you know what? That's the one resource we don't get back. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to. It does so much to put this type of words and positivity out into the world, and you never know who you're going to affect. And until next time, let's keep building one another up.